Dom Corrie's with me in the Auckland studio. Hi. Hi, Jesse. Good to see you. Good to see you. Are you pleased this actor's strike is over? Yes, yes, that is a good thing. Get back to business. Have uh, we noticed it? Have we noticed the strike? Only things like Dune being delayed to next year, Dune Part 2, and certain other big films that should have been coming out in the next month or so are not. But for the most part, the stockpile seems to have kept us across. I mean, there's just way too much of anything. They could not make anything new for five years and we'd all have plenty to watch. (laughs) That's so true. What have you been watching on TV? Well, um, today, I wanted to highlight a couple of Apple TV Plus shows. It's kind of, uh, it's a streaming service that doesn't get a huge amount of attention, but they're slowly building up a library of, of really interesting shows. And further to what I said before, that there's just too many good shows, I sort of feel like we've gone past the era where you can tell someone, no, no, there's a show you have to watch. No, no, you have to watch it because yeah. there's like a billion shows we all have to watch. Yeah, yeah. But you really have to watch for all mankind. Oh, good. Um, this this show is highly acclaimed. Um, goes a little bit under the radar. Uh, have you heard of it, For All Mankind? No, it's just we're watching Lessons in Chemistry at the moment. Oh, cool. And we're really enjoying that. And um, I noticed this one was kind of had equal billing. Yeah, it's it's just started its fourth season last week. And a couple of years ago, the um, Alan Seppenwald, who's one of the top TV critics in America, Rolling Stone TV critic, called it the best show of the year. Mm. And it's an alternate history drama. Season about, four being the best show of the year. Season two was the best show of okay. the year when he called it that. Season four's just begun. Okay, got it. And but a lot of critics celebrate the show as a as a as a show that goes a bit under the radar. And it's an alternate history drama about what if the space race never slowed down in uh-huh. the way that it did. And in this um, in this show, in the 60s, Russia gets to the moon first. So America kind of gets all amped up by that and decide they're going to put the first woman on the moon. Mm-hmm. And that sort of changes society a little bit. Oh, how interesting. And things kind of accelerate a bit more. You know, like the real space race slowed down in the 70s and there hasn't been much interesting things happening up there in a while. But in this, in the world of For All Mankind, the anti-upping between America and Russia accelerates everything. And each series takes place about a decade apart, but it does follow some of the same characters. It's a generational drama. But that um, anti-upping affects technology and things like the internet and cell phones come in a lot sooner. Hmm. And there's other little alternate history things that happen that you sort of see blips of on the news. Because so much of technology flows out of the cutting edge work that they're doing on projects like, um, like NASA's moon project. Exactly. The developments they made there kind of amped things up a bit and and changed the world a little bit. And in the first couple of seasons, it was all about the moon and and season three, they got to Mars. And now in season four, it's about the privatization of Mars. Mm -hmm. And did you ever see a show called Halt and Catch Fire? No, I... One of our other contributors, uh, Simon Wilson, was a huge fan of that one. He always told me to watch it. It was one of those shows that was apparently really good, but it just kind of missed, uh, as in. Yeah, there's a lots lot of, of shows these it. days. Yeah, yeah and but that was quite early, wasn't it? That would have been 10 years ago. Uh, no, not that long ago. Uh, that was about computing in the 80s, and people compare these two shows a lot, and that they're kind of. Uh, they're not bombastic shows, but they're, they're character centric, mm-hmm. and they are set in the past but say a lot about now the, the season four of for all mankind it takes place in the early 2000s and as i said by this point we've got a base on mars there are americans russians and north mm. koreans up there and there's there's issues around getting uh workers to mars and rights and 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 mining asteroids and stuff like that 
And it's just a wonderful drama of a show. And it's kind of can be a slow burn at times, but uh, when you get locked in with the characters, mm. the certain characters have been there from the very beginning. And in this world, like a woman became American president in the 90s and then comes out as a lesbian and it sort of shows how uh, these things that are happening on a global scale affect society in interesting mm. ways. And and I love it. I think For All Mankind's great. So I, I see there's never, never been a better time to get on board. The Mars stuff is fascinating. There's a few new actors this year. And uh, but they're all on there on Apple TV Plus, so go check it out. Yeah, and I think you can sign up for a free week or something. Yeah, you just put a little thing in your calendar to unsubscribe again if you don't want yet another subscribing services that you're paying each month. Totally. Halt and catch fire nine years ago, Tom. Right. Okay. Wow. Gosh, those three years of the pandemic don't count. This is what it's like being married to me. Okay, <laughs> what, that's called for all mankind. Um, Monarch Legacy of Monsters. Yeah, now this is another Apple TV Plus show that begins this coming Friday. This is a big budget epic adventure drama series set in the world of the modern Godzilla and Kong movies, Mm. which outside of the Marvel Cinematic Universe is kind of the only cinematic universe that's succeeding <laughs> lots of lots of companies are trying to do that shared universe thing but there was the 2014 godzilla film then there was kong skull island then there was godzilla king of the monsters hang on co- are any of these peter jackson films no no unrelated to the 2005 Got it. Okay. peter jackson Sorry, king yeah. kong and then more recently there was godzilla versus kong and throughout these movies there's been this agency monarch which tracks and suppresses or hides or whatever the monsters and this is a multi-time period drama um, about people caught up in that. And notable in that it stars Kurt Russell and Kurt Russell's son, Wyatt Russell, mm-hmm. playing the same character in different time periods, <laughs> which is kind of cool. Wyatt is. Russell is a, is a great actor who I thought would be a bigger star by this point. He was in um, a few Richard Linklater films, most notably is Mother Everybody Goldie Wants Some. Yes. Yeah. And... He looks a lot like young Kurt Russell, so it's kind of cool. He plays him in the 50s and 60s, and Kurt Russell plays him now. <laughs> and he's great. It's great seeing him. There's a few other recognizable actors. In fact, um, you know, Godzilla obviously started as a Japanese thing, and as a Japanese film that was adapted into an American film. And the films have tried to kind of honor the Japanese allegiances of this story quite sort of awkwardly but this show a couple of the main characters are japanese and it sort of feels a bit more authentically tied to japan and in an interesting way in fact the lead japanese character who's a japanese american character a little bit of research led me to discover that she's actually a new zealand born actress named anna sawai who grew up in wellington Mm. and then uh, i believe moved overseas and has been in a lot of stuff she was she's in another apple tv plus show called pachinko which has gotten a lot of good reviews Mm -hmm. as well and she's great, and Kurt Russell's great, and this is an epic show. I mean, we're in this era of blockbuster movies having TV equivalents that don't kind of live up yeah. to their movies. But I thought I've seen the first three, three or four episodes of this, and there's a nice big monstery bit in every episode, and it goes back and fills it's in like some of the incredi- gaps. It's like the Incredible Hulk movie. Yeah, you could expect him to least, change yeah, twice. Yeah. twice yeah. Once yeah. before 8 o'clock and once before 8.30. <laughs> it's almost a little bit like that. But I did enjoy how it goes back to the 50s of them first discovering and what the American government sort of tries to do when they discover the existence of this creature. And, and there's a lot of conspiratorial stuff in here, but the scale's massive. 
it's a, it's an impressive show. It's not um, <clears throat> mind bending, uh, but I've I'm enjoying it. I'm going to keep watching it. What is Godzilla? Is it a dinosaur? <clears throat> no, he's a, a he's a, a radioactive mutated lizard. Depending okay. on who you ask. Okay, thanks. That's Monarch Legacy of Monsters on Apple TV Plus, and then Fargo. A show I'm sure that I will enjoy, but I've never got to. Is John Hamm in the latest Fargo? Yes, he's in season five, which begins... Maybe that's what it'll take, because I'll sort of watch John Hamm in anything. Yeah, and he's great in this. He plays a cowboy sheriff type who's sort of all moral and upstanding, but is actually a terrible villain. And he's having fun playing this role. Fargo, very unlikely success story here. Of Mm. all the filmmakers to try and make a TV show of their movies, trying to do a Coen Brothers... TV show. It's like, whoever thought that would succeed? Mm. But the first couple of seasons of Fargo were amazing. I dropped off the last couple of seasons, season three and four, which sort of went back to the 50s a bit. This one is set in 2019, which is about as contemporary as the show has ever gone. Mm. Each season is is unconnected, mostly unconnected to the previous seasons. It's generally centered around this idea of crime happening in in Minnesota or North Dakota or around there and polite people being caught up in nefarious things, usually with a Scandinavian hitman in play somewhere. And somehow the show keeps impressing. And I've seen the first two eps of the new season. It's got John Hamm, Juno Temple. It's kind of starts off as a kidnapping mystery, but then you realize that some of the people involved have um, unexplained as yet connections to each other. Uh, Juno Temple is great as the main character and just getting to know John Hamm's character. Uh, but he's clearly having a lot of fun. <laughs> and so he does seem to these days. He did Mad Men and now it just seems like he just chooses projects which he really enjoys. I'm watching I'm I'm persevering with uh, the morning show, which I'm 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 really over to be honest. But um Morning Show is an interesting one. He's in the latter season of that. Yeah. I watched all of that third season as well. I don't know if the word hate watch is correct here, but I was definitely entertained on it, but it's such a hilariously self-important show. Yeah. I kind of can't look away, uh, yeah. but I watched it, so it must be doing something right. Okay. But yeah, uh, Fargo's on Sky Neon from the 22nd. Thank you. Um, can I ask you something with your movie reviewer hat on? Mm-hmm. Kurt Russell, mm-hmm. do you think he's an example of a star that never quite had a movie that was as big as his sort of name, you know. Yeah, it's an interesting one. He's he's not a failed actor. I think but, of like Big Trouble in Little China. Well, that was that was a very well regarded film that wasn't particularly successful. You know, his biggest hits are probably things like Tombstone, and They're which is a wider film. Not really, but he kind of has a blockbuster connotation. He does. It's almost like and the power um, couple thing going on too. Yeah, and. And he never lacked for work. He was a child star. Was he? But, but also his films, like, films like The Thing and Escape from New York, while not huge Escape hits, are incredibly well regarded going on. They've kind of endured more than some blockbusters yeah. of the era. So he maybe, while never quite having that AAA film, I think people see him as a AAA actor. Have you and I talked about the latest Brett Easton Ellis novel? No. Okay, that's set in the early 80s in L.A. and uh, at uh, a privi- high school for privileged... How very it's, Brett Easton Ellis. Yeah, and um, for their homecoming parade for the float, they do an escape from New York float. Oh, that's um, cool. Yeah, there's lots of uh, sort of pop culture references of that era in the book. I think you'd quite enjoy it if you can put up with the horrific violence. 
Thanks, Dom. Great to have you in. Cheers, Jesse. Talk to you soon. Dom Corrier, TV critic, uh, and he's our movie critic, uh, critic as well. Fargo, Monarch Legacy of Monsters and For All Mankind.